Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside Barry Rice. Hey, hey, hey. What's up, everybody? So glad to be here. Man, I missed you. And Mac Daddy Pete Robertson. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, I heard your friends that uh, your friends are calling you Mac Daddy now. Yeah, I had uh, someone, uh, yeah, on the West Coast. Well, one of my friends is, uh, you know, say, hey, Mac Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> and they got that from the Ride Podcast. <laughs> it's exciting. Well, you guys are looking like you were well fed last night, got some rest. What is going on in your lives? Yeah. Well, last night was uh, me fulfilling our pledge of uh, taking you guys out if my team, uh, college football team, was not that yeah, good. Yeah. We had a little. F- friendly yeah. um wager wager yeah. i was gonna say agreement yeah, yeah. But... <laughs> i love how it, it happened organically we were actually doing a show and then we were talking about talking our things football. and then all of a sudden barry's like hey what if we did this and that's how that happened at the beginning of the i year. really thought i was going to be the one paying i really did i have to be honest uh, that's why i initiated it so recaps so some not but everybody it was, knows not but everybody it was knows. a great idea and, so and it we... made it fun we, we all picked the beginning of college football. Yeah. We all have our teams, right? Pizza, USC guy. Yep. Um, I'm a, a Florida State grad, and Barry is a, a Liberty Flames grad. And so we took our teams, and we're like, you know what? We believe in our teams. Yep. And the team that wins the fewest games will buy dinner for the other okay. two guys. But this this doesn't happen unless all of our teams went into it being i think this the reason why this happened is because every one of our teams looked good yeah yeah, yeah everyone yeah. agreed to it because we thought our team was going to be good we look good that's right um i we i knew immediately after the first game with usc that i was in trouble because usc's offense was phenomenal their defense was shot and lo and behold they just fired their defense so i was going to say so much so <laughs> so so, yeah. so we had a new coach i knew the new coach right and I was very hopeful for him to do well, but man, I didn't think we would be 10 and 0. Yeah, they're dominating. Yeah. yeah and then we, same with FSU. Well, we closed last year winning, what, seven in a row, something like that. Yeah. And uh, honestly, the first game, I was like, I could be I could be behind the eight ball in a hurry because we opened against LSU. Yep. Um, but I had faith in my team. Yeah. And no, now your, the, your team looks good. Florida yeah. State's 10 and 0. Liberty's 10 and 0. Yep. USC is 6 and 4. Yep. So you surrendered. Well, they said, lost let's, four. Let's go have dinner. They won six in a row. Yeah, they did. They did. They were and six they, and up. And then they lost four in a row. That's crazy. Yeah, because the defense. And who they play this week? I don't even know. I haven't paid attention. Have they played Oregon yet? Oh, they played no. Oregon last week. Yeah, I think they're UCLA coming soon, and usually Thanksgiving up. weekend. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I mean, it. I you got to the point where I was just like, yeah, this is done. So let's just let's get let's get there. <laughs> and plus, both of all of our schedules are kind of really busy. Yeah. So yesterday was kind of a really good. And it gave us a chance to talk about it on the show. Yeah. And we had an amazing time. So we did. Uh, well, we would be able to get the picture of that steak. Yeah, we got it. Oh, yeah. We took some pictures. Yeah. I'll, I'll send those to our so, executive so, producer. So the, so the here's the agreement. The loser, whoever had the worst record at the end of the season, would pay for Capital Grill. Woo. Right. So that was that was the that's what it is. And then the second runner up would pay for the the tip. And so we're just assuming you're gonna lose one. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then because oh, I don't please, think Liberty please no lose. I don't think Liberty's gonna lose. lose. I don't think they are either. No, I, don't think I think they're, they're gonna win out. Because I looked at their schedule and there's like ah, 
I'm work. praying that if we lose, it's in the playoffs. But if you get to the playoffs, you don't want to lose either. That's no, no fun. Especially if you make it to the top four, which is that's what I mean. Yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, even better. Well, that's I was just yeah. reiterating. Okay. With the, yeah, I was giving the details. <laughs> so back of to that. Capital Grill. Yes, it's funny. We all ordered the same steak. Yes, we did. At, we why? ordered it cooked a little well, is differently. Is that because of Courtney? Yeah, it was her favorite. Yeah. Yeah. So how so did that we, all work? We had an well. First of all, we had an amazing server. Her name was Courtney, and right. she just the service there. I've never been to Capital Grill before. Right. Service was next level. It yes. was really, really good. And our server's name was Courtney, and she was just amazing. And and uh, we got to talk to her, got to know her a little bit. She's getting married this Saturday. Yeah. So all you guys lift her up in prayer and and yeah. kind of um you know bless her marriage. That this. Do you remember her, her fiance's name? I thought it was she Brendan told us once, but I can't remember. Is so. it Brendan? I don't, I don't know. I don't hey, know. Hey, Courtney, if you're listening to this, let us know again what you're, so just type yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we apologize, fiance, that we forgot your name. Yeah. Um, Courtney was wearing a name tag, so it kind of stuck after a while. So right. we got her, but she was an amazing young lady. She's, uh, I, you know, she was kind of excited about her wedding on Saturday and apprehensive yeah. and all that stuff. So we, right. we, we prayed over her for that and uh, just amazing time. Barry does what Barry does, right? Yeah. Yeah, so he, Barry yes. loves on servers always. If you ever go to a meal with Barry in a restaurant, be prepared for him to love on the server and uh, the same thing here. And it was just an amazing time. It, it was, it's how Barry leads into it. So what was the question you asked the question? What, if your husband were to order, what would he order or something yeah, like yeah, that? Right. Yeah, and that's what yeah. caused the conversation. So she, she went in, I think she said he, he would order a filet mignon. Or that's right. That's yep. what he would yeah, order. Right. But yeah. me, she said, yeah, I, I always, we're traditional people, she said, and we always order. And today's podcast is sponsored by Capital Grid. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and then she started explaining the different steaks. And then she said the Porcini was uh, T-bone. It was aged, you know. Uh, bone and ribeye. Bone and ribeye. Rib right. There you yeah. go. With yeah. olive oil and 15-year balsamic, balsamic yeah. Yeah. vinegar. Oh, so good. The flavor was amazing. And like then, melted mouth. And then we got the uh, the potato grat gratin. Yeah, those were all right. Yeah, it was good. But the, the lobster mac and cheese, lobster mac and cheese. Wow. Highly recommend. Yeah. That was amazing. Is that what yeah. what you were scraping the the bottom of? I was holding <laughs> oh, That thing was amazing. So good. It's how they make their mac and cheese. And, and spread was. I have to say thank you for bringing out free dessert. Oh, you're gonna get our. I know. Now. Then she just led. She, she, she did. She brought us free dessert. Mm. She said, I was able to comp this for you guys and just bless you with, because you were so nice to us. And and then that was really a blessing. And Courtney, thank you for doing yeah, that. Yeah. So if you're going to Capitol Grill in Orlando, the, the one by Mall of Millennia, ask for Courtney. She will take good care of you. I promise. Yeah. It's on Conroy, but Conroy. Yeah. Whatever. But I mean, that's where it's at. There's two of them. But yeah, the one on I drive and the one by Mall of yeah. Millennia. But we had a blast time. I mean, just, we had a good fellowship, good talk and great food and so Courtney really, I mean, what, Courtney, what was nice about her is that she was fully engaged in conversation with us. It yeah. was like she was asking us questions. You know, you're married, you have kids. I mean, she was actually asking us questions. And so I was just saying, I said to you guys that night, I said, if all of these restaurants would have enough help so that the the, the worker can actually have a conversation, man, that would make it so much more. I mean, some people obviously don't want to be, you know, but we're talkers, so we obviously <laughs> will we'll talk to you. But she could sense that, and she was able to actually have conversation, and that really blessed us. So we left there very encouraged by Courtney. And so we thank you, Courtney, for doing that. Yeah, and Courtney, you made us feel like you didn't have anybody else to wait. Yeah, she really she, did. She made us feel like 
she had the time and and had the power to make the decisions to make things yeah incredible thank yeah. you Corey. and i know that she had other people to work with because she was doing the same thing to them as i walked i watched her as she was going around she's that's just who she was so yeah you kind of had a better vantage point the way yeah. did yeah you could see that that would but it was awesome so you're celebrating a special occasion or something in the orlando area highly highly recommend it it was amazing just make sure you bring your bank <laughs> yeah it's not cheap <laughs> or have a buddy with a bad football team yeah one of the one of the two yeah we we talked about we talked about <laughs> that i should wear fsu garb and and uh and, and liberty stains and you guys would wear we love usc buttons yeah <laughs> no doubt pete did wear his stretchy pants uh, yeah stretchy <laughs> what else you want to talk about uh, I think that's it. Let's get get. We get got going. food and football in. Yeah. We're good. Yeah, we're good. So we last week. Um, what did we talk about last week? We were in Genesis, I believe, right? Eleven Tower. Yeah. Of yeah. Well, this week we're going to talk. We're going to go into episode uh, or not episode, but we're going to go into Genesis twelve. But we need to. Pete, why don't you open us up in prayer, sure. and then I'll read the opening statement. Sure, Lord. Again, I just thank you and praise you and. Lord, it's just awesome that we get to do this and just uh, we bring you glory and just worship you. And uh, Lord, we thank you for people like Courtney that have come into our life and she just blessed us and made an impact in our lives. And Lord, we were able to fellowship last night, laugh and have fun and uh, Lord, and, and just be able to get together today and just to uh, celebrate you and worship you and, and talk about how uh, you've transformed lives. Lord, you transformed Abraham's life. And that's who we're going to talk about today and how you've, um, you take us from one call to another call and you, and you show us and you bring us light and, and truth. And Lord, more than anything else, we can trust you. We know that you're in charge and control and that you will lead us and guide us and direct us in all things. And we can uh, have hope in that. And, and so Lord, I just pray that you would help us to uh, glorify you in our speech now and our talk and our discussion time, but Lord, more than anything else, that you would just open our hearts and our minds to receive your truth. Lord, speak to us your way. Lord, share with us uh, our next steps and what you're calling and asking of us to do. And so, Lord, we just give you praise. We give you glory now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So in last week's show, episode 157, if you haven't listened to it, it's really, uh, I, I would recommend that you go back and listen to that because it really feeds into what we're going to talk about today. Um, so last week we had this fascinating discussion about the Tower of Babel and its significance in the context of humanity's history. The story highlights an intriguing moment when God intervenes and confuses the languages of the people, leading to the dispersion across the earth. It's an interest it's interesting to consider how this event impacted the development of different languages and cultures, which ultimately shaped the world as we know it today. By exploring this topic in depth, we provided valuable insight into the oranges origins of our current societal systems and the reasons behind our rebellious behaviors and choices. If you missed this episode, we highly recommend you go back. It will shed light on the underlying motivation, uh, underlying motivations that drive us as a civilization today. Yeah. I mean, I, we talked about it kind of in our prep. It's like, you know, it answers a lot of the whys, you know, why do I do this? Why do I think this way? Why is this happening in the world today? Well, there's, there's 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 a worldly system that's operating and that's controlling everything and there's also a demonic uh, world that's behind everything and so there's a battle that's happening and so it really kind of sets that up so if you didn't listen to it go back it's really really powerful it's a great show all right all right so today we'll discuss how God showed grace and mercy to humanity and chose not to destroy them which he could have yep. instead God had a plan and called a man and his wife to leave their home 
and go to a new land that he might give humanity a brand new beginning. Amen. Because of God's call and their obedient faith, Abraham and Sarah ultimately gave to the world the Jewish nation, the Bible, and the Savior. Where do you think we would be today if Abraham and Sarah had not trusted God? Let's dive in and unpack this unbelievable passage in Genesis 12. Yeah, one of the things you asked at the beginning uh, in our prep was like, well, how did he give us the Bible? Well, I mean, technically, he, you know, he started the line to Moses, and Moses is really the one that started writing the Bible that we know of, um, and also the law. And so that's where it came from. So that's kind of, you know, without Abraham starting the process, we don't have the Bible, we don't have the truth. We don't have God's word as we know it. Um, and so because of that, you know, we also brought us a Jewish nation and, and, and the Savior. So we're going to talk about that. Well, God could have used somebody else, right? Yep. Hey, you know what I just thought of? Uh, Maybe he tried. Maybe he did use other people yeah. and they weren't obedient. Sure. So he went to next. Yeah, they didn't get in. They you were famous. You would never know their story, right? No, no. I don't know that that happened. I'm just, no. that was just one of those. I'm what sure. If, yeah. One of those just... what ifs that went through my mind. Maybe Abraham was like the fifth person. Well, I mean, <laughs> he just, was the only one that was obedient. Just think of how many people we know in our sphere of influence that God might have called to do kind of the same thing. And how many of those people might have been obedient or not obedient? God's mm. just calling us and he's asking us to be obedient. He invites us to be a part of what he's doing. Yep. And I wonder, my own life, what blessings I have missed because. Oh, yeah. That's it. I'm sure there's so many. Um, Today we're gonna we're when we read it's gonna be Abram and Sarai, um, but when we talk we're gonna give the the God the name that God gave them which is Abraham and Sarah. So when you guys hear that's that, good. that's good. So yeah, don't be confused. That's yeah. the same, right? Yep. Same person. There's just yep. the name change. Yep. Okay. So let's go. Genesis one, Genesis twelve, chapter uh, verse one. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you. And I will make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Mm. So why did God call Abraham? We see at least three reasons in our reading. First reason is, in his love, God was concerned about their salvation. He wanted to bless the whole world. He wanted to use Abraham and Sarah as an example for all Christians who want to walk in faith. Yeah, I mean, it's, again, there was kind of, you know, God turned the world over to their own inheritance, and he allowed them to worship their own gods, and then, but but he showed them grace and mercy, and he didn't destroy them again, right? Because he just got done destroying humanity in the flood, and so, but he shows them grace and mercy, and he allows them just to go do that, but then he calls Abraham and Sarah, and and basically what he's doing is that hey, I'm, I'm he's showing his love. That's obvious, right? He's showing his love. So, and he's concerned that they would have salvation, and so he's showing them that there is a way to salvation because apart in the world and where he scattered everybody else, there's no way of salvation, but there's going to be a way of salvation. So through Abraham, he's providing that way. He also wanted to bless the world. And it's, and it's, you know, through Abraham that we bless the world. I mean, it's Jesus. What came from Abraham's obedience is Jesus, the Messiah. And, and he is, I mean, I mean, my, I mean, the inheritance God takes care of God provides God, you know, is, is, is everything to us. And so that is a blessing when we learn to trust in him as Abraham has learned. And then he also wanted Abraham and Sarah to be an example of what it walked by faith. I mean, it's let's face it, that it was a hard command that he told him. He told him to go and leave his family and go. 
And so, um, yeah, that was a, a big deal. But I think the first reason he was concerned about the salvation is the evidence is in chapter 11. It shows us that he came down to earth. He revealed his glory to humanity and he gave them all grace and mercy. He didn't kill them because he had a plan for salvation. And the second reason was that he wanted to bless the world. Yes, because part of the plan was to send his son through the Jewish nation, as I just said. Christ died for the sins of the world. And the last reason was Abraham and Sarah set an example to walk by faith. Abraham obeyed when he did not know where he was going. He did not know how he was going. He did not know when or how long. He didn't know why. He simply heard the voice of God and he did as he told them and then waited on him to give him what he was to do next. I know, Barry. Yeah, Pete, this is a great example of the original intent. Why did God create mankind? Because he wanted to build intimacy and a relationship. And up until this point, there's only been a few that would pursue God. And God had to repent of creating man. And that was the Noah episode and, mm. and the destruction. And now he's, he's saying, they will love me uh, when I show favor to a group. And, and there's a group that lives as an example uh, how I want them to live and my favor be, will be on them and others will want that relationship because of their the favor I put on them. So he creates a, a nation unto himself, a people unto himself and all that comes out of Abraham. And, and you're exactly right. He's showing, God is showing his love. God is showing his heart and how he wants to be known and he wants us to, he wants to know us. So beautiful story. I can't wait to, as we unpack this. But again, it's just think of the long suffering and patience that he has. I mean, he could have, and I mean, he's looking at him again, they're in rebellion. They're constantly in rebellion. Right. And, and God is saying, you know what? I still love. And he continues to still pursue Abraham. And, and then the Israelites, we know the story. We're going to unpack it as we go through this, but the Israelites were rebellion and they're constantly turning their back on God. Mm -hmm. And he called them the prostitutes. They would whore themselves out to other idols. and But God still loved them, and he could still pursue it. And even today, he sends the Messiah. He sends Jesus through the Jewish people that Abraham um, was the father of. And, and even then, he shows us long-suffering. Even I mean, some of us haven't given our lives to the Lord, but we've known about Jesus. We haven't fully surrendered to Jesus, um, but God is still loving you. He hasn't left you. He's still pursuing you. The same thing here. And, and it's a beautiful thing. And, you know, the Bible says, why is God taking so long or delay? Well, it's because he's waiting on you. You know, there's a lot of people that need to give their life to the Lord. He's waiting for you to mm. surrender to him and let him be your, be your God and bring peace and hope as he did to the Israel nation. What a great reminder. Yeah. All right. We know that faith is not based on feelings. Though the emotions are certainly involved, true faith is based on the word of God. Amen. God spoke to Abraham and told him what he would do for him and through him if big if, if he would trust and obey. Yeah. I mean, that's you perfect example. It's, it's when we remove ourselves from the world system that we can then, um, hear God's word. It's when we are walking in our own ways, we can't hear him. So the bottom line is the word of God needs to speak. Right. And we find the word of God in the Bible. We find the word of God in our quiet time with him as he will speak truth into us that will always confirm what the word of God says. But Joseph Parker once wrote, Great lives are trained by great promises. And I can see this being true with Abraham and Sarah. 
God's covenant gave them the faith and strength they needed for their lifelong pilgrim journey. We are not saved by making promises to God. We are saved by believing in God's word and Mm. his promises to us. It was God who graciously gave his covenant to Abraham. He responded with faith and obedience. How we respond to God's promises determines what God will do in our life. Thoughts? That is so good, Pete. You're right. God wants us to respond to him. God wants us to, to reflect back his love. And, and God has wanted to demonstrate himself trustworthy. He wants us to trust him so that others can see that God is trustworthy. Mm-hmm. And, and that is so important. It really is. Yep. Anything else on that, Pete? No, I mean, I, it, again, it's, it's, it's so vital for us to understand if the word of God is the answer. I mean, that's truth. And, and Abraham heard the word, heard God speak, and then he responded to that. That was the key, the obedience. It's, it's vital. It's vital. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, we know, we know that the Bible records many covenants, beginning with the promise of the Redeemer in Genesis 3.15, and climaxing with the new covenant through the blood of Jesus. What is the meaning of a covenant? Or and maybe you can give us some examples. What 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 does a covenant look like? Yeah. And how is it different than a promise? Yeah, it's really good. I mean, the Hebrew word for covenant is translated has several meanings. First is to eat with, which suggests fellowship and agreement. Uh second is to bind or fetter, which means commitment. And the third is to allot, so which suggests sharing. When God makes a covenant, he enters into an agreement to commit himself to give what he promises. It's purely an act of grace. So the act of grace means, you know, he's he's giving all of his power, all of his authority. He's he's given us freely without merit, without deserving of it. And he's saying, I, I promise you that I will never leave you, forsake you. I promise you that to Abraham is that I will make a covenant and that I'm going to bless all the nations through your line, that I'm going to bring the Messiah through your line. That's a covenant. He's a promises, um, you know, and, and God does that. And whenever we see these promises in the Bible, you can rest in them because he never goes against his covenant, his promise. It's a big deal, man. It really is. It's more than a commitment. It's more than a promise. It's, it's the highest degree of my word. Yeah. Everything is on the line. And, yeah. you know, I, I want to make a, a, a connection here that, uh, you know, we, we can, when we go into debt, we sign an agreement, right? It's yeah. a, it's a legal buying document. Yeah. But when we involve God, like when we get married, it is a covenant. Mm. And, and when, when we come to the altar of God and we invite him to come into our life, that, that covenant mm. is enabled, it's enacted, it's made, it's made connected to our life. And, you know, it, it, it is, I cannot say it enough, how high of a degree the commitment is uh, when God makes a covenant. Mm. And he wanted to bless a people and he wanted to take a people all of his own to, to pour out his blessing and own them and, and they own him. And what he desired is for they would set themselves apart and that all nations would see his faithfulness to them. Yeah. I mean, the, again, the, the covenant is, is the opposite. What he made with Abraham is the opposite of what he made with the world. So in Genesis 11, 
He gave them over to their inheritance. He gave them over to their idols. He said, all right, you have your freedom. Go ahead and live your life. You're apart from me, but I give that to you. So that's kind of like the covenant he said to them is like an opposite, right? But his covenant that he gave to Abraham and he gives to us is that I will for I will forever bless you. I will forever take care of you. I will I will guard you and protect you. I will provide for you. I will bring peace and rest upon your life. You can trust me. That's when Barry said it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And and it's huge. And so that's like you were saying, whenever we commit or we give that covenant. So when we said yes to Jesus, he committed all of himself to us. And he says, I promise to fulfill everything that I say in my word. You can take that to the bank. And as you're talking about marriage, that's the same thing. We should be saying to our spouse, yeah. I give you all of myself. I make this covenant, covenant, this proclamation to you. I am yours and you are mine. We are one. So just a little bit more for you there, Courtney, about that marriage covenant. Come on now. You know, here's how I take it. So when God makes a covenant with us, he cannot, he cannot break it. No. It it is, I mean, it's just it is. Yep. It cannot be broken. Yep. It is what so it is. So when we make a covenant to God, we really should be doing the same thing. Yep. You shouldn't it, there should be no way to break it. Yep. You know, people people ask this, Pete and Bob, why should why should we be friends with Israel? And and I in my opinion, this is it right here, because they are the covenant people with God. And if if you if you mess with my bride, who, who do you mess with? You mess with me, JD, Jackson, and all of our tribe. And that's why we shouldn't mess with Israel. That's why we should support Israel, because Israel is the the love people of God. Yeah, I mean, right here in what we just read says, I will make you a great nation. This is this covenant, and I will bless you, and I will make you a great name so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. In him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in your all your families of the earth shall be blessed if you bless them. Yep. There's so, a promise and a warning there. There it is. Yep. So yeah. why do we support Israel? Well, it's kind of saying right there. Yeah, yeah. If you if you <laughs> if you mess with Israel, you're messing with God. Yep. And and because of the covenant. Yep. And good. Yep. Good. All right. All right, next one. <laughs> so good. I noticed the contrast from last week's show from Genesis 11, 1 through 9, and what we just read here in Genesis 12, 1 through 3. At Babel, men said, let us. But Abraham's, but through Abraham, God said, I will. Mm. So this is, what a difference, right? Yeah. Let us, so build up our name. Yeah. And uh, God said, I will. And yeah. At Babel, men wanted to make a name for themselves, but it was God who made Abraham's name great. At Babel, the workers tried to unite men only to divide them. But through Abraham, a whole world has been blessed, as Pete has read again. Yep. And all believers are united in Christ. Look at that, united. So the two, the world systems, again, you got to go back to last week's show to understand this. But the world system is, it is a dog-eat-dog -dog world. It's it's I, it's the survival of the fittest. It's, it's the strong devouring the weak. That's it. That's the world system. It's I'm going to do whatever it is to make myself better, to, to, to be the best that I'm doing. And I'm going to, I'm going to learn. And that's why we do all these things. And, and it's because I want to win. Right. And, and, and what ends up happening is there's, there's collateral, right? There's damage everywhere, right? We hurt people's feelings. We try to do this. We have anxiety. We have ex false expectations. All of these things happen within the world system. And it, and it just creates calamity and chaos in your own life. But what happens in God's system? 
God says daily we pick up our cross and follow him. Daily we put on the full armor of God. Daily we surrender our lives to him and we rest and we have peace and we worship him. And then we live our lives according to his pleasure. And he's the one that's providing and guiding and directing. And what makes Jesus so different than religion is religion is a bunch of works and a bunch of made up things. With Jesus, we have that relationship. Mm. And so when we're still in his presence, he's speaking to us. Oh my gosh. As the word of God came to Abraham, the word of God comes to us. Amen. And we start listening and hearing him. And guess what he does? As he did to Abraham, he tells us our next steps. And people think we're crazy. No, we're not crazy. We're in the word of God. We're spending time in prayer and we're loving on people and worshiping people as God told us to, but God is speaking to us. He's telling me things today. And so that's what's happening. That's the context here. And so I don't know what else I was going to say, but yeah, that's good. Somebody got Pete preaching there. Come on, man. Well, I'm right there with you, Pete, because here's the principle it's so counterintuitive to this world. The world says, I must, I must defend myself. I must fight for myself. I must belittle others, push others down so that I can climb up. Yep. And it's all about me. And what God is saying, Abraham, if you will humble yourself and obey me and mm-hmm. honor me first, I will exalt you. Yeah. And I will make you a great nation. If you'll trust me, let me do it. Instead of us say, you know, hearing the words of the enemy and the the words of this world uh, saying, no, you got to, you got to fight for yourself. Nobody else is going to take a stand for you. God says, I will fight for you. God says, I will bring my favor upon you as a nation and I will make you great. So, so are you, are you fighting for your own greatness? Are you uh, humbling yourself before a holy God and allowing him and his anointing and his favor making you great? Yeah, it takes the politics out of things. I mean, think about it. When you surrender to God and you trust God, there's no politics anymore. And and listen, and in the back, back, back channels of all workplaces, <laughs> church, there's politics, yep. you know, and it takes that out because we're saying we don't care about that stuff. We're not trying to control. We're not trying to fix this. We're not trying to figure it out. We're just going to worship God and love people. And, and that's what it is. And God takes care of the rest for us. John said it so well. He said, I must decrease so he can increase. Amen. So good. Really good. All right. Let's, we're going to back up a little bit. Okay. So we're going to go finish the end of Genesis 11 okay. and then uh, finish up with uh, 12 verse 4. So let me read that. Okay. Back to 27 in, verse, in chapter 11. Now, these are the generations of Terah. Terah fathered Abram, or Abraham, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran fathered Lot. Haran died in the presence of his father Terah in the land of his kindred, in Ur of the of the Chaldeans, close enough. And Abram and Nahor took wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarah, and the name, or Sarai, yeah. but, but we'll call her Sarah, yep. and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. All these names are still available if you're having babies this year. Yes. The daughter of Haran and the father of Milcah <laughs> and Iscah. Now, Sarah was barren. She had no children. Terah took Abram, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarah, his grand, his daughter-in-law, his son, Abram's wife. And that's kind of redundant. And they went forth together from Ur to the Chal- Chaldeans. To go- whatever. Yeah. And to go into the land of Canaan. But... When they came to Haran, or Haran, they settled there. The days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Well, who is Terah again? 
Sarah's a father. Father of, of Abraham, right? Yeah. Okay. Now jump down to verse four of chapter 12. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he finally, de- I added finally, when he finally departed Haran. Um, well, there's a lot of nuggets in that first part. I'll give context and Bobby, you can get into the statement. But one of them that was there, and there's a reason why it's there, it says that Sarah was barren and she was old in age. That is a big deal because that's going to come into play yeah. when we start studying through Genesis. And we'll come back to that. Okay. Um, and the other thing that we're noticing is, is, is that God called uh, Abraham to Canaan. We know where Canaan is. That's where over in the, the land of Israel is at right now and all of that region. And so we know that. And so we have to give context. And when it's talking about, uh, we're going to read the statement on this, but when it's talking about the the, Ch- the Chaldeans, they go into the land of Canaan. That's They're saying that they left Ur where they were, which was by Saudi Arabia, and, they, and then they were heading towards Canaan. So that's what's happening here. All right. Hey. Excellent. So the first steps of faith aren't always giant steps, which explains why Abraham did not fully obey God right away. Wait, wait, what? Well, I know. I didn't know. Well, you just, what did we just read? What do you mean? Obedience. We're going to get into that, Pete. Okay. Okay. Pete. All right. Gary, Gary, can you calm him down a little bit? I'm sorry. All right. (laughs) Instead of leaving his family, he was was commanded in Genesis 12.1. As he was commanded in Genesis 12.1, Abraham took his father and his nephew Lot with him. So he disobeyed, right, Pete? He didn't listen. Right. (laughs) And he took him with him as he left Ur. And then he stayed at Haran until his father died. I'm glad this is recorded here for us to see. God is patient with us at times, and I think we can all relate to this. I'm in, because, I mean, think about it. We bring a lot of baggage, and I've said this at the beginning. We bring a lot of baggage and past problems with us. When God takes us from the old ways of life into a new way of life, it's likely to create problems. Let's just be honest. I mean, if God is saying, your workplace is not a good workplace. I want you to leave that workplace. Well, there's problems that are going to come with that, whatever the change is, right? When God calls us, there's going to be a change and there's problems. So so in our mind, our logic, what do we do? We try to figure out what is the best solution in that problem. So we come up with our plan. Now, is exactly what God told us or is this our plan and with what God told us? And that's what took place here. So to fully surrender to the call of God, it takes a lot of faith and can be very scary when moving forward into the unknown. The life of God demands total surrender and separation from anything that is weighing you down from freedom in Christ. We are all tempted to compromise, but a life that walks by faith is a life that has learned to lean on God alone. Mm -hmm. And so that's why a lot of times with my own life, when I'm, whenever I have cloudiness and I, and I shared this, you guys with this in the prep, if I don't know, I don't go. And if there's something in my life that is causing me anxiety, if there's weight, if there's a weight there, if there's a pressure there and it's whatever, I've, I've got into the practice now to just let it go. I don't care what the consequences are. I know that it's causing me to be separated from God. I know that it's causing me to have anxiety and I do not have peace with it. So to me, it tells me that that's not right, right? So I'm holding on, it's not right. And so I just stop and, and I trust the consequences to God. And I, and, I, and I make sure that I'm still in his presence enough to hear what the next steps are. And then that's the next, that's the scary part. Then God says, here, this is what I want you to do. And then you're like, oh my gosh, well, what about all the baggage? What about all the things that I've just been carrying? 
And then God says, cast all of your cares and burdens unto me. My burden is light. My yoke is easy. And then we say, okay, God, here it is. But, but Abraham's like, my dad's old on this. Or what am I supposed to do? And what we don't know is behind the scenes. God had a plan. I'm positive. God had a plan for, for Terah. I'm positive he had a plan for his family to take care of them. This is a being obedient. Abraham, I didn't tell you to do that. I'm going to take care of your family. And what I have for them is much better than what you can provide for them. But Abraham's logic didn't tell him that. See, our logic sometimes doesn't tell us that, but we have to be obedient to what God, and when we do that, we have total freedom at that moment. And that's where we have total peace. So, Barry? Yeah, we we have got to trust God. And that is so hard at times. It really is. And like we were saying in in the beginning of this, it's counterintuitive. His ways are not our ways. It will not necessarily make sense yeah, to you. It's truth. And that's that's the tough part, right? We expect God to make sense for to us before we go. You know, now think about what will come later. Moses, he's, he leads the people out of Egypt. And his back is up against the Red Sea, and the great army of Pharaoh is is facing and coming after him. And God says, "Put your toe in the water." <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God's ways aren't our ways, and and He's not going to make sense. And and but when He speaks to us, we could trust that He's going to lead us through it. So the back end of this, because we've all been through the everybody here, we've been through this where we've been obedient to God when it didn't make sense. And in my own life, the testimony that I have is I literally felt myself walking on water at times, or I've seen mountains in front of me completely evaporate. And, and I've been able to do supernatural things. But here's what it did more than any of that, is it increased my faith to a point that there's nothing going to break it. My God is faithful. And in anything that he says, I can put all of my weight and all of my trust. And when I've done this many times now, I look back and say, no matter what he says, I know it's right. I know it's right. And, and that's what happens. It doesn't always just happen right away. This was a first uh, occurrence with Abraham, right? So he was still working through it. My first few times, all of our first few times, I'm sure we were taking all of our baggage and everything else. And I still we still do it, I'm sure, at times. But you start finding a pattern and the joy, the unspeakable joy that comes from obedience to God is unbelievable. And it's like, we breathe. Oh, you know, it's there's something about being in the presence of God and knowing that he is working all things together for our good, for those who are called according. It's amazing. All right. All right. Let's continue on in the text. So verse five, and Abram, and Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother, son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to a place at Shechem, to an oak of Moriah. Moriah? Yeah. Is that right? At the, time of the Canaan, at the time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. Which, that's so cool. Mm. From there, he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on, still going towards the Najib. Najib? Yeah, Najib. Sounds good. Good. I'm going to stop there. So 
After the delay and Abraham's family finally passed away, we see that Abram's Abraham leaving Haran to go to the place that God had chosen for them. However, the major issue here is that he took Lot with him as well. God specifically instructed Abraham to leave his family behind and go with just Sarah. God knew that this would slow him down and that Lot would only bring trouble. Abraham chose to follow God's permissive will instead of his perfect will. As a result, he had to face the hardships and circumstances in his life that God had never intended him to experience. Boy, we've all been there. Yep. If only he had listened and obeyed to get, obeyed God's instructions as they were given. Well, let's give context. Why is Lot? Why was there problems with Lot? Well, there was there was fighting within the family with Lot's family and with Abraham's family. We know that they had to separate them. Lot ended up going to Sodom and Gomorrah, and there was sin involved, and there was a lot of separation. And God even still saved. That's the whole story we're going to get into. But there's drama within the Lot's family. That was it. It definitely hindered some of their. I'm sure there there was conflict. Whatever. We're, without trying to read into it, we're just reading what the Bible said in context. But here's the thing: there's God's perfect will and God's permissive will. Let me just kind of read a, a definition of that, and we could just have an open conversation. So, God's perfect will versus permissive will. God's perfect will can be understood as his ideal ideal or a desired plan for our lives. It represents what God wants for us, the best possible outcome according to his divine wisdom and understanding. It aligns with his perfect knowledge of what is truly best for us and is often connected to concepts such as righteousness, holiness, and love. Okay, so that would be God's perfect will. Here's the definition for God's permissive will. It will recognize that we have free will and can make choices that may deviate from his perfect will. In his permissive will, God allows us to make decisions and experiences the consequences that come from those choices. It doesn't mean that God necessarily approves of these decisions or desires them, but he permits them to happen as a result of our freedom. So that's those are two definitions, and I think they pretty much give us context of what is God's perfect will. So what Abraham chose was God's permissive will, and then he had to face consequences to those choices. There was disagreement, there's issues, there was hangups, there's delays, and and so forth. I don't know, want to speak to that. Well, one of the things that's coming to my mind is that Lot would choose a wife that was not from the Jewish line, and. It, it, Lot was making a decision that would, um, he was bringing in idols of, of this other nation. He was bringing in the bloodline of another nation. So that, that was not what God wanted. And that was not what God's perfect will was. And God had to judge that because of her looking back and, and all that. He turned to salt. Right. Yeah. And so this is this is really important and and one of the ways that I describe this is that God has a destination a perfect will for us and he has not only a destination and a purpose he has a way to get there and we can either choose his way or our way and our way is much more difficult it's, God can work through it and God will work through it and his will is sovereign and it will be done but uh not without much pain and not with much yeah. you know and, and God's perfect way doesn't mean you're not going to have pain and not going to have circumstances yeah. that, that are tough, mm. but they're going to build in you oh, yeah. what God is wanting to build in you so that you can enjoy and be the right person when you get to the purpose that God has for you. 
That is such a good point. I think so many times we're lied to thinking, oh, if if everything, if we're in God's will, everything is going to be just peachy and smooth and smooth sailing. Well, that may not be God's plan at all. Again, it's not so many times. It's just not about us. God is using us to help other people, or maybe it's about other people. And sometimes we got to go through some tough stuff. And, uh, but it's God's using it or he's building us. He's making us more like his son. Yeah. I, again, it, God's perfect will is it's God that's leading and it's God that's strengthening and it's God that's empowering. Um, sometimes in our permissive will, it's our choices that we're the one that's built doing stuff. We're the one that's trying to make it happen and instead of allowing God to happen. And so there's, and that's where the that's where it gets muddy gets that's where it gets muddy a little bit. It's not that God has never left us or forsaken us. He's still there, and He's still going to get His will and His way across. And just like with Genesis eleven with the Tower of Babel, He came down. I told Him to multiply. I didn't multiply. They're going to multiply. <laughs> you know, God's going to do it. Um, but it's God's perfect will. There is a there's a an authority behind it. It's it's God is if God is for you, nothing is against you. Mm. There's a there's a there's a different. There's a different element behind your walk. And yes, sometimes it's hard, but, uh, but you know, it's not by my might nor by my power, but it's by the spirit. And as I'm walking, I'm walking in the authority of God, because I know that I'm walking in step with his perfect will. There's a difference than with this permissive will. There's this permissive will. It's like, oh man, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done I mean, we say that a lot, you know, because we're walking in a way that's wasn't the perfect will from the beginning. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe it works like this, Pete and Bob. Uh, God is all knowing God is all seeing. And, and there's an accident ahead on the, on the route that we know we've been this route before we know how to get to, to uh, Canaan. We know the way there, Mm. but God knows that there's an accident up there and that it's going to take us way out of our way. We're going to, we're going to lose a lot of time. We're going to lose a lot of sleep. We're going to lose a lot of anxiety about it and god is telling us no take this slower route but you're going to get there faster and you're going to learn what i need you to learn when you get there Mm -hmm. and all those things have got to be taken in consideration bottom line is this his ways are higher and better than i will and so people then will ask well how do we know what god's perfect will and god's permissive was how do we know what it is if you don't have a connection with god if you're not in his word in reading if you're not if you really are not, do not have a broken and contrite spirit, if you're not coming before God and saying, God, I, I need you, I'm in desperate need of a savior. If you're haughty and if you're, and you have a lot of outside noise and a lot of things that are happening in your life, you're not going to be able to hear God's perfect will. He might've brought a circumstance in your life to stop you dead in your tracks to make you think, because he does that, you know, he chastens the ones that he loves, but, but it, you're not going to hear clearly what he's saying until you just remove yourself from the, all the world's chaos and really just get broken and before him, humble yourself, be in his word, surrender your life and find that quiet time. In those quiet times, you hear that still small voice. And that's where we can start hearing this, God's voice. If you don't have that practice, you don't have that habit, the chances of you walking in God's perfect will is not as great. It's like you're winging it. You're yeah. just you're hoping you hit the path yeah. instead of listening and right. trust. I think trust. Yeah. Trust is a key word there. I yeah. think. So, All right. So the, the, so your life is is taking you in a direction that is 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 it's taking you longer. It's not as efficient. God's perfect will is most efficient. It's perfect. 
joy-filled. Yeah, joy-filled, yeah. Sometimes we get the impression that commitment is a vanishing commodity in today's world. Countless people don't want to be committed to their jobs, to their marriage vows, or to one another. Our mentality is that we want the freedom to do our thing, our way, and in our time. Boy, that kind of just sums up our world today, doesn't it? Yeah, and and sometimes our lives. But, you know, where would, would we be today if Abraham and Sarah had not committed themselves to obey the Lord by faith? Where would we be if if previous generations of Christians had not given themselves fully to the Lord? We who come along after must not take for granted the things that previous generations paid a great price to obtain. Have we allowed ourselves to be too busy to hear God's call in our lives? Have we made our own agendas and silenced God's will for us? Our commitments should only be to the obedience of God first. Everything should be aligned with His wants and His pace. Fair? You know, this makes me think about the conversation that could have happened with uh, the disciples. You know, the disciples are sitting in the upper room. They're going through their their uh, hardship of Jesus being dead and dying, and and then they see him and he's risen. And in few years, few months later, they hear about Paul being uh, called into the ministry. Could you imagine that conversation? Mm. What is God doing choosing this guy? Mm. He, he's not one of us. Mm. I never thought about that. I can but, see that. But yeah. but when as you talk about the permissive and, mm. and the perfect will of God, we just never know. Why, mm. God, why do you choose him? Mm. You know, and and I think it's the same way with, with Abraham. Mm. God knew Abraham's heart. God knew Sarah's heart. God knew that his story would be told well through their life and that others would see, you know, this, this demonstration of God's grace and mercy and God's love for us. And, and I think, I think it's a big part of it. And I love that we're going to be reading more about Abraham as we go through Genesis and the imperfection of Abraham. I mean, how many times did this guy screw up and we're going to talk about it. And the Bible's like clear. Listen, I know they're human. I know they're not, not going to. And so, listen, we're not condemning you guys. No, By no means, we're pointing our, at ourselves. We have fallen short here at times. But we do, by because of our relationship with the Lord and the, and we've learned intimacy with God, what we're sharing with you is how God is, has helped deliver us sometimes from walking in permissive will versus walking in his perfect will. So, and we're still learning. We're still on that growth path. You know, it just struck me listening to you guys and I, one of you read something about um, you know, where would we be today had they not yeah. had they not obeyed, yeah. and so we're a week away from Thanksgiving, right? Mm. And so the thought came to me: where would we be as a as a nation? I know a lot of our listeners live here in America, but where would we be today had it not been from the Pilgrims? Mm. You know, and 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 the culture and the covenants that they made. Mm. You know, what if America had evolved into the land uh, uh, with the ideas and culture of Jamestown instead of oh, yeah. Plymouth Rock? Right. What a different nation yeah. this would be. Yeah. So I don't know. That's what hit me when I was but reading that. I'm like, give me, give me. They, well, they left their hometown. Yeah. They left their home nation well, to go to an, and a honestly, nation. The pilgrims felt like they, I mean, whether it's true or not, they felt like they were founding like a new Israel. Yeah, they yeah. felt like they were being called by God to, yeah. to plant in a new land. They were, they believed that. This was their calling. And had that not succeeded, and, you know, well, we know what a failure Jamestown was, and, you know, it just, uh, what a different, what a different country this would be today. Unfortunately, I feel like we're, we're turning more towards the Jamestown 
philosophies and, and beliefs oh, than we sure. are than, than the pilgrims no for sure i mean but those are i mean they're polar opposites if yeah. you look at them and it's i think it's a uh, i let's, just can't imagine what what i don't know that we'd still be a country had we gone down that road let's go to statement nine yep all right so moving on wherever abraham went in the land of canaan he was marked by his tent and his altar the tent marked him as a stranger and a pilgrim, speaking of pilgrims, mm -hmm. who did not belong to this world. And the altar marked him as a citizen of heaven who worshiped the true and living God. Amen. He gave witness to all that he was separated from this world and devoted to Lord. Whenever Abraham abandoned his tent and his altar, he got into trouble. Mm. One of the, those places he got into trouble was in Ai. Verses 8 says he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and with Ai on the east. In the Bible, names have meanings. Bethel means house of God, and Ai means ruin. Figuratively speaking, Abraham was walking in the light from the east to the west, from the city of ruin to the house of God. We know that the world system is in ruins, but true believers have turned their backs on this world and have set their faces towards God. So again, we no longer, when we're Christians or follower of Christ, we no longer depend on our, our, our jobs to supply our needs. We depend on God. We no longer depend on other people to fulfill us. We we reply on God. The world system, you have to have your own job. The world system doesn't. We're not saying not have a job. We're just saying we don't rely upon that. We 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 live each day to serve God. We live each day to be a witness in this world to go and to make a difference. Just like we did with Courtney last night. You know, it's we're sitting there. We we're. We're a bunch of Christian dudes just hanging out, enjoying live eating steak, right? And, yeah. and having that fun time. But our 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 mentality is we care and love people just like Jesus cared and loved people. And we cared for Courtney and and loved her as as Christ would. And so we spoke into her in life and she, she returned the favor and loved us and spoke into us. And so that's how we live life. We're not living it to please ourselves or try to pat ourselves on the back there's a political agenda we're just living for god's glory and there's freedom in that and there's a here's a great picture of repentance repentance means about face it means to turn from wickedness turn from your formal ways turn from your the life of this world and turn to god and i i think that that right there is a huge picture of that bethel turn to the ways of god amen. and ai leave the amen. the ruins of this world amen behind. very good Amen. Isn't that weird that AI in the Bible is the ruins? Right. We're hearing a lot about AI. Some, some places high H A I, but <laughs> when you read the original, it's just AI. But yeah. Uh, All right. That's weird. All right. In verse nine, we see that the life of faith must never stand still. For if our feet are going, our faith is growing. Amen. I love that. God kept Abraham moving so that he would meet new challenges and be forced to trust God for new grace to help in the time of need. Comfortable Christianity is completely opposite from the life of faith. Hmm. We are pilgrims and strangers. We are in the world, but not of it. We must face new circumstances if we are to gain new insights about ourselves and about God. We must press on to maturity. And I share this a lot. So if you're plateaued in your walk, you, uh, we know Christians that have been followers of Christ for 20, 30 years, but you look at their life 20 years ago and you've known them and you look at them today, there's no difference in their faith. They're still the same person, right? They've plateaued. They have allowed hangups in their life to control them. They have not been set free from those hangups. They have not been able to move forward. They're stale. They're stale Christians, okay? 
in order for us to be set free, in order for us to continue to set to, to keep moving, we have to come daily before God with a broken and contrite spirit and be obedient in whatever God is put. If God were to overwhelm me, right? If God were to share with me how many hangups I have, he would overwhelm me because I know I have a lot. I know I'm still on this, on this learning curve, but he's sharing with me certain things right now in my life that he's telling me to surrender. I'm working out my salvation right now in those areas. And that is a hangup. And if I want to move forward and have growth in my spiritual walk, I have to surrender that and I have to lean not on my own understanding, but trust and acknowledge God in it. That's how we move forward. And if we don't, if we're not moving forward, we're a stale Christian. Abraham's like, no, I'm going to trust God. And here's the thing when we move forward, as we just said, there's new circumstances in front of you. As you move forward, God is going, God will entrust us with certain things now, but he can only trust us with certain things. He can't give us everything. But if we're growing spiritually and we're moving forward, he's going to start trusting us with new things. We're going to start experiencing new circumstances. And what it's going to do is it's going to help us equip us and to make us more mature in Christ. And we're going to start growing and we're going to start seeing more ministry. And we're going to see more opportunities. We're going to see things start transforming differently in our lives as we continue to keep moving. Bear, man, man, that's so true, Pete. God is he is faithful and he's looking for us to be faithful and to trust him and, and to, as we prove ourselves improve our trustworthiness, he will bless us and give us more. Mm-hmm. And that, that is something that we see here with, with Abraham. Mm-hmm. All right. One more Romans one seventeen says this, we must go from faith to faith. GA stuttered said, as a follower of Christ, faith is not believing in spite of evidence. It is obeying in spite of consequences. Mm. By faith, Abraham obeyed. James 2.14 says, faith without obedience is dead. And Romans 14.23 says, actions without faith is sin. God has put faith and obedience together like two sides of a coin. They go together. Amen. Indeed. This does not mean that sinners are saved by faith plus works, as many religions teach. We know that the Bible in context teaches that sinners are saved by faith alone. It reminds me of a story Dr. Ironside told once. He said, a woman told him she expected to get to heaven by faith plus her good works. It's like rowing a boat, she explained. It takes two oars and two and uh, to roll a boat. Otherwise, you go, you go aground in a circle. To which Ironside responded, that's a good illustration except for one thing. I'm not going to heaven in a rowboat. The faith that saves is the faith that proves itself in good works. Abraham was saved by faith alone, but his faith was made evident by his obedience. And this is what Paul would, in Romans, would share with the Israelites, the Jews so much. Is Listen, he didn't, he didn't get to heaven because of his circumcision. This was before the circumcision. He didn't get to heaven because he followed all of your guys' laws. He, get, he's, he was chosen because of his faith, and that's the key here. That's where the freedom is here. So Barry, would you like to speak to people with that if they want this faith or learn about this faith? Hey guys, thank you for listening to this point today. And and I want you to know that that faith that God wants you to have can be implanted in you through receiving him and his Holy Spirit. If you will just turn your life, turn your back, from this world and say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. Put your faith in him. He will prove your 
to you that is trustworthy. So Pastor Barry, how do I do that? You, you first of all, you admit that you're a sinner. You say, I need help. I'm not good enough to make it on my own. And secondly, you believe in Jesus. You believe that God has demonstrated his trustworthiness by the filling by by fulfilling his promise to send a Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. And what, what God gives his son for us, it is Jehovah. It is the one true God. And Jesus not only died, he was buried and he rose again the third day. And so putting your faith and trust in that, the last thing is making a covenant. Make a covenant with God. I'm choosing you. I make a covenant, God, I will choose your way, not my way. And we do that through prayer. So let me lead you through that prayer. Today, if you would pray this way from your heart to God's heart. Dear God, I know you created me. And I know that you want a relationship with me. And I admit today that I am a sinner, that I can't make it on my own. I'm in need of help, a savior. And God, I'm blown away that you would send your best, your one and only son, Jesus. I believe that Jesus was God in the flesh. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sin. And I believe that he rose again. And Jesus, because you are the son of God, because you did what you did, I move over. I get out of the way, humble myself and bow. And I invite you to sit on the throne of my life. And I ask you to be my Lord, my master, my savior today. Come in my life and save me right now and help me to live for you and to stay within the center of your perfect will. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. Amen. You know, the Bible says that, uh, that if you gave your life to the Lord just now, that all the angels in heaven are rejoicing. And we would love to rejoice with you. We would love you to get in contact with you. Bob, how could they get in contact with us today? Great question, Pete. I think the best way is just jump on our website, theriotpodcast.com, and look under the Know God tab. There's lots of uh, lots of good information there that'll help walk you through the process. But if you scroll all the way to the bottom, there's actually a place where you can Give us your contact information and we would reach out to you. We'd love to be able to pray with you or pray for you, um, whatever the case may be, um, but just a great way to do it. You can also go to any of our social media sites. You can go to Facebook, you can go to uh, YouTube, you can go to Twitter um, and just look up the Riot Podcast and the comment there. Again, we would just, we would be honored to pray Amen. over you and pray with you. So God bless you guys. Man, it's so nice having the tricord together today, Barry. Yeah. So glad you're here. What an amazing time we had last Ooh. night. Courtney, thank you for the service. God bless your wedding this weekend. And Amen. just pray uh, as we pray over your marriage and your family. Um, what a blessing it was to meet you. Amen. Be blessed, everyone. Take care. Good to be here. This has been The Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast.